Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify black letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Letter Podcast. With me today, I have Dubs Herschlip. Dubs is a law partner of mine in Washington State with a both a unique perspective and unique background and unique view on end-of-life things, positivity associated with end-of-life, and some personal experience. Uh, with this that drove him into really a specialized area in dealing with ethical wills and organic burials. I'm probably saying it wrong. Dubs is more than 20 years of experience in the space and not just legal experience as a lawyer, but personal experience as well. So with that, I'm just going to launch right into it. Dubs, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. So we were talking before the show. And usually I say, well, tell us about how you got here. And we know you're a lawyer and you've been doing this 20 years, but you 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 mentioned a couple of things and it seems like it's okay to bring them up because I think they're really relevant to A, the subject matter, talking about estate planning and things that are personal to you and your background. So I understand part of what drove you to this and this deeper, I guess, connection with estate planning was the death of your father. And then more recently, the death of your 18-year-old nephew. And I know those are absolutely terrible things, but they're things that you have used and you're you're positive about the end of life and how people have dealt with that. So I'm going to shut up. Tell me a little bit about that and uh, kind of how that how that worked. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for having me. I'd say that really the biggest life altering experience I ever had was was loss loss of my father, Bill Hirschlip. You know, people would say maybe, you know, driving, learning, learning how to drive or your first girlfriend or getting married or, or having kids. But really it was the loss of my father that really changed my life. And we had a, a, a good experience insofar as, um, we had time together. We found out that he was going to, uh, die in, in about six months or that's what he was told. It ended up being about three years. So we had plenty of time to make arrangements. And um, even though it was very sad, my dad was surrounded by loved ones and it seemed like a very peaceful uh, way to pass in all of the people around him. It helped him coordinate uh, end of life care, but he had helped coordinate uh, the passing on of his assets. And so one thing that he did was he'd write little notes to us uh, organizing, you know, here's the combination to this safe and here's here's the the trick with this car and how to drive the car or here you can find the keys to to the you know the locks here and um and just those little posted notes all these little organizational memos from my dad were you know messages directly from my dad so i got to hear his words and uh you know be reminded of his spirit even after he was gone um so even though i was totally devastated as most people are when they lose their parents you know i i laid in bed for for a week or so and um you know really wasn't able to to get my wits about me he was there with me in in spirit by the writings that he had put down, even though they hadn't been drafted by an attorney necessarily. He had spent time looking at the possibility of death, and really, it wasn't just a possibility; it's inevitable. And uh, and planning for it, and making sure that 
he was creating or causing positive change through his death. And that's really what I mean by death positivity. So that's super interesting. So tell me, how did that drive you to estate planning? And how does that relate to, I guess, other things that have happened in your life that kind of create the backdrop for for you and what you do that's unique in the estate planning world? Yeah, the loss of my father and and his efforts to to plan for his death and the people who, who surrounded him. You know, my mom, who was his ex wife, also helped him uh, plan uh, to pass on the assets and to put things in writing and to have conversations with his heirs about you know what their expectations are, how they would interact with each other. You know, we weren't going to fight over assets, so how do we talk right. about it? How do we how do we feel fair? Um, but really, I think that experience gave me a sense of compassion so that when I'm talking to people about their own end of life, I have the experience of talking with my dad, you know, sitting quietly. It's not it's not necessarily a magical or a fun conversation. It's it's often uh, a slow, thoughtful time where you're just kind of sitting contemplating, huh, and so I have a business. What's going to happen to the business, right? And then you have to sort of go through how to wind down a business or, you know, I have these kids and one of them's estranged and how do I get them to relate to each other? It's a very complicated, thorough conversation. And the relationship that I had with my dad during those last three years gave me the patience and compassion to just sit and listen to people uh, during these, you know, sometimes challenging, challenging discussions. A lot of people come to me for these topics in, uh, in scarcity. They come with you know, either feeling scarcity of time for themselves that they don't have time to do what it is that they want to do, or scarcity of money for their loved ones, where they're like, "Geez, you know, I I don't know if I'm going to have enough money to provide for my kids." And then, and we can kind of talk it through of, okay, well, did you designate beneficiaries to all your accounts? You know, have you have you thought about how to pass on any of the assets like cars, trucks, or, you know, maybe you can maximize the value now by finding collectors who are interested in these assets that you may not want to pass on to your kids. Cause if they don't want them, don't bother passing it on. And then I had the good fortune of just going into work for uh, a law firm that really focused on estate planning. They'd only been doing estate planning for the most part for over a hundred years. I ended up learning under their mentorship. And so got a lot of really great experience with average estate sizes and even legacy planning, some of the complexities of trust, and definitely the the business transition planning. I think that's one of the blind spots for a lot of people. Business people often kind of hero their way through things and uh, we can't hero our way through death. So the transition planning is really critical for business owners who often end up being uh, a lot of my clients. But tell me, Dubs, what about that your nephew. I know that happened recently and on his 18th birthday just a few weeks ago. How did that uh, impact you? And I, I mean, it, it sounds to me like a lot of your experience and the difference you have as an estate planner is that you've been through the process of having somebody really close to you die. And it took three years and you spent three years planning with that person very personally. So that gives you a really unique connection to your clients when you talk to them about the same issues. Combine that with working for a firm that has a hundred years of estate planning uh, experience and bringing that, those things together, marrying them to your client, kind of like post-structuralism. You're, you're bringing these, these varied things and they're bringing their experiences and you guys are kind of, you know, ending up in a Derrida Foucault world. I don't know. That's probably too much, <laughs> but um, so point here, point. So tell me about your nephew. Yeah. How did, how did that work? Yeah. I bring it up. So you mentioned it was okay. 
Yeah, uh, really sad. Um, my nephew Riley, um, on his 18th birthday, was killed by a uh, a drunk driver going the wrong way on a highway. And the story, just to give the the moral up front, the story is we don't know when we're going to go. This isn't, you know, this isn't the way I approach my conversations with my clients is the personal story. But the conversation that's assumed and we don't usually talk about is you're not going to die today. You're not going to die tomorrow, but sometime it's going to happen. So let's plan now. Well, this was one of the situations where it was happening today and no one knew and the irony is that uh, he had he was turning eighteen, so this was you know this was his rite of passage. He was going to move on, uh, move out of his uh, out of his parents' house, move into his own apartment. Um, he already had a job working at Starbucks. Uh, he was a hard worker and saved money and really had all these great plans. And they had this this celebration. The parents uh, of Riley had this celebration with him, and he. During the celebration, for some reason, said, you know, my life is so wonderful. I've done all these wonderful things. You know, I'm so happy if I died today, I would be happy. And then somehow the conversation spun to how would you like to be buried? And he had the foresight to tell them that he wanted to have an environmental burial and to be buried uh, basically in a tree pot or below below a tree so that the tree's roots end up absorbing um him into the into the body of the tree which you know it's really sad to hear uh, it's something that's kind of awkward for an 18 year old to talk about but ironically it happened on the day that he died and so days later when we had the funeral we were able to uh carry out his wishes and and bury him under a cherry tree so wow. again it's just an example of there's no reason to wait and it can be a beautiful experience yeah wow that's incredible Dev. so so taking all that experience, when we come back in the next segment, I'd like you to share some information that people should know about estate planning and maybe uh, we call them, war, I call them war stories. Maybe that's, you know, because I don't know, sometimes I, I used to have a job shooting people, but whatever they are, war stories or anecdotes or whatever they are, share, uh, we're going to ask you to come back in the next segment and share something that people can take some value from when it comes to this about the actual planning process and some some good to use information. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, uh, audience, for listening to this Black Letter podcast and joining us on the show today. We'll be back with Dubs Hirschlip on the next segment when we hear uh, something more from Dubs about estate planning and how it might relate to you and some practical advice. Thanks for joining us. Download us wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.